Although this episode will not be rated E for explicit, the content will be a little questionable for younger ears, so please be mindful of that as we are talking about sex worth having on this episode of the Midlife Chaos. Welcome to the Midlife Chaos Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Michelle, a certified life and relationship coach, and I am so excited that you are here. The Midlife Chaos is for all of us facing midlife and wondering, how the heck did I get here? And where the flip am I going? Here we will talk about all the things that chaos brings. No topic is off the table, so join me on this adventure as we navigate the midlife chaos. Hello, my favorite people. Are you having a great week? I love that so many of you are interested in a sexy sleepover. You know, it really is designed to gather women in a safe space to be able to talk openly. It doesn't need to be an overnighter. And if you want to do the overnighter part and not have me hanging around, I'm totally up for that too. I will be in Boise the second week of March. So if any of my Idaho friends want to do a girls night out, I would love to be able to facilitate a fun, spicy and informative conversation. So with it being Valentine's Day this week and going off the sexy sleepover episode last week, I thought it would be fun to chat about sex worth having. We can talk all day about getting over good girl syndrome and making that mindset shift of what we've been taught or not been taught about healthy sexuality. But at the end of the day, if the sex you're having is meh, then you aren't going to be too eager to be having that sex. So let me share a little story. A couple goes out to a restaurant. Wifey takes her time getting ready. Her outfit is just perfect. Her hair she put some effort into. She even put on a little perfume. She has anticipated that they were going out tonight because they always go out on Fridays. Whether they've been out earlier that week or not, they stick to their commitment of going out every Friday. Husband is running late and is a little antsy to get going and doesn't hardly even notice the effort that wife took to get ready for the evening. When they get to the restaurant, the focus is on him. Getting the seat just right, he quickly orders a drink and almost forgets to ask the wife if she would like something other than her usual water. She is excited to be away from the kids for the evening. She made sure the kids had a sitter, she got dinner ready and cleaned up so they could come home to no mess, or maybe she ordered him pizza. She's looking forward to the whole evening out. She's thinking of ordering an appetizer. They typically go to the same restaurant and they typically order the same thing. But tonight, wifey was feeling like maybe taking it nice and slow. Really enjoy the evening. She asked hubby if anything sounded good and he kind of just shot her down and he just seemed like he wanted to get to his meal. So the waitress comes over and takes his order and wife kind of had to get her attention to even get her order in. And as usual, the conversation revolves around him. How was work? Any new projects going on? The latest office gossip? She doesn't think she has too much to contribute and is totally fine focusing on him. His food comes right out. Hers will take a little bit longer, but it is taking a little longer than usual and definitely longer than it should have given that the restaurant wasn't too busy. So she says, oh, it's fine. Go ahead and eat. I'm sure mine will be out shortly. And he dives on in, raving about how good his food is. Well, hers eventually comes out. A little cold, but she's hungry at this point, so she doesn't complain and starts picking at it. When the waitress comes back to see how her meal is, hubby asks for the check as he is done eating and ready to go. So wife asks for a box and figures she can finish later, I guess. 
On the way home, husband raves about how good his meal was. He almost doesn't even realize the disappointment in his wife. He asks her, what's wrong? She wants to say nothing, but instead she decides to say, you know what? I didn't even get to finish my meal. You got done and then you were just ready to go. You didn't even let me finish. You didn't make sure that I was satisfied. She goes on about how she took time to get ready. She had the kids all taken care of, so she wasn't worried or distracted while they were out. And although it would be nice if he took the initiative to handle the kids and dinner and clean up so she can relax, he was a little taken aback and said, well, next time I'll be sure she gets what she wants or needs. But she has heard this all before. Eventually, she decides that going out to eat with her husband just really isn't worth it. I mean, sure, she'll go for a holiday. And she knows he really likes going out for his birthday. So she gives him then. But she would rather cook her own birthday dinner, even though he's always insisting that it's a real treat for her to go out for her birthday too. So let me ask, how often are you showing up at this restaurant? Sounds like the food and company is mediocre. But we keep going through the same routine because it is comfortable. It works for us, so to speak. Do we dare suggest a new restaurant? Maybe try something new on the menu. For me, personally, sometimes I just like to go for appetizers, and I'm totally good with that. A little teaser instead of the whole meal. Sometimes I'm ready to just get right at it and order dessert. Yes, dessert can be the best part. But sometimes I want the whole thing. Appetizers, a salad, my meal, maybe an extra side to go with it. And if I'm feeling super into myself, I cannot wait for them to bring dessert. It can be very filling and honestly exhausting. I'm not going to lie. But that can tie me over for some time. Or sometimes I'm gluttonous and it just makes me want that full shebang every time. Why aren't we being more assertive in getting exactly what we want and desire? I want to share a few quotes from Jennifer Finlayson Fife, and then let's get to the good stuff. I have attended JFF's Art of Desire course, and Jared and I have attended her Strengthening Your Relationship and Enhancing Sexual Intimacy courses. I highly suggest looking into and attending any kind of marriage, relationship, intimacy type courses or retreats with your partner. If nothing else, it is a great opportunity to address maybe some things that have come up in your relationship. It may bring new perspective and is offering a chance to maybe come together in growth instead of defensiveness. And there are all kinds of retreats. Um, Laura Brotherson used to do offer couples cruise. JFF does like a European adventure if you're looking more into a trip. We've been to a number of events and retreats in St. George. So that brings a little sunshine to us in the fall or late winter. We've looked at going to Seattle to work with the Gottmans. We've done events where we met in a ballroom over a couple of days or even just for an afternoon. We've even been to an event where we met at a church and watched a video of the presenter and then had a facilitator guide us in a group discussion. So you can find local professionals or you can find retreats put on by well-known doctors and authors. So whatever level you're at, whatever comfortability level of content you're at, you can find something. For me, I like the in-person experience, but others may like an online or workbook type and there are so many available. You can find something that works for you two together. 
All right. I want to share these quotes because I think there's a real disconnect on what is a woman's sexuality. I feel like as women, we're waiting for permission to fully embrace that sexuality before we're willing to accept the goodness of sensual and erotic energy. So JFF says, a deep challenge to our sexual self-development has always been the cultural misunderstanding of women's sexuality. Women's sexuality in and out of the church has been misconstrued as limited because it has so often been understood in comparison to male sexuality. Our sexuality is God-given and a fundamental part of being a woman. Accepting this gift through deeper ownership of our own sensuality and sexuality is an expression of self-respect and an expression of faith in God. This act of self-respect, meaning seeing oneself as equal, is fundamental to our spiritual development. God has given women an amazing sexual capacity. The clitoris is an expansive neural network that consists of 8,000 nerve fibers, twice as many as the penis, which interacts with 15,000 additional nerve fibers throughout the pelvic floor. Unlike the penis, the only purpose of the clitoris is pleasure. And according to Masters and Johnson, the clitoris has infinitely greater capacity for sexual response than men ever dream of. In the 17th century, men and women were viewed as sexually similar, and the female capacity for orgasm was understood as a natural component of women's sexual repertoire. During the 18th and 19th century cultural shifts, society began to see women's sexuality as different from men's, increasingly weak, chaste, and passionless. Eventually, the female orgasm was seen as unnecessary, unseemly, and perhaps even unhealthy for women. Sex needs to be redefined as an activity that accommodates a wide variety of sensual and erotic activities, including, but not limited to, intercourse. We're often tempted to believe that repression of our sexuality is goodness rather than the integration of our sexuality. Many people want to want sex, but avoid the actual process of noticing erotic feelings and giving space to them. That work takes courage and self-validation. So how many of us hear that sex is our obligation? You know, duty sex or something to check off the checklist. We typically view sex as being for the guy. Well, guess what? It is time to take back and own our sexuality. Because where do men even learn about sex? We've given them all the power. We expect the man to know what to do, how to touch us, how our bodies work. So where is that man all learning these things? Oh yeah, the locker room or porn. Neither are a reliable source. Unless they have been willing to do the work themselves or have read She Comes First or you guys are at a healthy place to where you are being completely honest with yourself and him, he really is just guessing and based on your cues, will decide if he needs to adjust. So ladies, if you are giving him kudos and telling him he's doing a good job, if you're faking your satisfaction, you're only hurting yourself. From what I've observed, men want to be good lovers. They want to please you and know that they are the one bringing you pleasure. So help a guy out. In return, he will be more than happy to be helping you out. So as a midlife lady, are we living in a sweatpants phase when we stop trying to please our partner while looking to them to take care of our wishes and needs? This could be either partner in the relationship, and it is time to clean that up. 
we have what is called responsive versus spontaneous desire. Spontaneous desire supposedly just happens. Men report this more than women do. And then responsive desire is when you want sex after experiencing something sexually stimulating. And women report this more than men do. In reality, everyone's desire is responsive and based on context. Arousal comes first for everyone, but whether or not you feel desire has everything to do with the meaning you give your arousal state. So arousal versus desire, right? Arousal is our body's response to sexually relevant stimulation, information, or touch. Desire occurs when we decide that arousal is meaningful to us. Okay, before we go much further, let's chat about a few things. These were all mind-blowing concepts once we understood them. They may seem like no-brainers to you, but they seriously altered how we viewed each other and ourselves. Okay, so I was in a Laura Brotherson um, event, and she talked a lot about accelerators and brakes. Accelerators make you curious, makes you interested, and moves you towards that sexual behavior. Brakes are the turnoffs and what drive you away from sexual behavior. So once you can figure out what your accelerators and brakes are, you can have a better sexual experience because you can set yourself up to increase the accelerators and let go of the brakes. Another concept we learned was that women are like an oven and men are like a microwave. Men, typically, you tell them you're interested, they are beep bop boop, ready to go in the microwave. <laughs> but a woman, we gotta preheat, we gotta be seasoned just right, and then we're gonna take our time slow roasting in that oven. So once JR realized that women aren't as quick as a microwave and that we truly are ovens, he that changed his whole perspective on just even the timing of it. Like, why are, is this not happening faster? But no, really, <laughs> give me some warm up time, buddy. Another concept that I love is men's brains versus women's brains, and it's by Mark Gunger. And he talks about how men's brains are boxes and women's brains are spaghetti. Because in a man's brain, they have their work box, their home box, the kids box, the golf box. They even get a nothing box. But women, our brains are constant mess of spaghetti because everything is intertwined. Oh, I've got to go to the grocery store and don't forget to pick up the kids' valentines. Oh, I'm supposed to take a treat to that class party. And oh, I was supposed to send a note to the teacher. And like everything is just enmeshed into each other. And so here we are trying to have a connected sexual experience with the love of our life and we're sitting here making our grocery list and wondering if that bill got paid and did the science fair project get done and turned it on time and not that we're not wanting to be there present with our person but our brains are just different so knowing that my brain is a spaghetti brain I can come back to that and be like okay be in this box be in this box not because I don't choose to be there or don't want to be or don't have that desire and arousal but it's just our brains are wired differently. So how do we make sex worth having? Now that we understand that God gave us our sexuality and he even gave us a body part with only one specific purpose, we understand that arousal can just come to us and then we get to decide if that turns into desire or not. We have learned what our accelerators and brakes are and we've realized that we as women need to preheat our ovens. So let's look at some tools to get things going. First off, touch. This is a good example of deciding if that is turning into desire or not. Let's say you're laying in bed. Oh, or 
watching a movie. Let's start there. You and your partner are watching a show and he starts slowly, lightly caressing your arm or leg, almost absentmindedly. You're thinking, wow, that feels really good. And maybe you move just a bit so he has more access. His pressure becomes more deliberate. Okay, now let's say you're making dinner. You got three pots on the stove, kiddo at the counter getting help with homework. You're at the sink washing a dish and hubby comes behind you and wraps his arms around your waist. What is your first thought? Are you letting that lead to desire? Or are you thinking, seriously? Okay, all these tools can be used with your partner or by yourself. So touch. <laughs> this could be by a hand, kisses, a tool as in a feather or warm wax, different pressure, your nails versus your palm. This could also be heat from the wax or a cold ice cube. Touch could also be used in ways of teasing. Maybe it feels like you're running your hand one direction and then before making contact, suddenly change direction. Breath work. How is the way you are breathing enhancing the moment? Are you using your breath to calm yourself? Maybe your breath is matching your partner's. Sound. Now, when I first think of sound, I go to maybe some music playing in the background. But what if we thought of sound as in letting yourself unabashedly sound your pleasure? Are you using sound to communicate to your partner that you're enjoying what they are doing? Maybe not explicitly saying, yes, that's it, move here or try this, but also the moans of pleasure. Movement. How is your body reacting and moving in response to the touch? Are you feeling energy building inside you and your body is reacting to that? Are you moving to the music that might be playing? Are you opening up access or offering more real estate as JFF puts it? Like when your partner is touching you, you might spread your chest wider to receive more touch. Mindfulness and presence. Are you in the moment? Are you here fully present? We know our brains are spaghetti. So if you need that time to transition from mommy to lover so you can be here, then take it. I like a hot bubble bath. It gives me time to clear out my thoughts. It gives me some me time. It allows me to work through becoming fully present. Maybe you take something for anxiety to, in order to be in the now. Maybe you like to eat an aphrodisiac to inspire a certain mood or awareness. There are lots of supplements you can take to help your focus. Okay, imagination. There are so many ways to bring fantasy or use your imagination in the bedroom. Role play, innocence, forbiddenness, opposites attract, a power dynamic, reenactment, reckless abandon. Now a note about fantasy. This does not mean this is who you are. When kids are playing cops and robbers, it doesn't mean that that child wants to go out and rob a bank. It is just play and fantasy. The sky is the limit. Fantasy offers an opportunity to be somebody that isn't you. You can get swept away to a different place or time. If you are typically the one making all the decisions or you have an intense high pressure job, maybe your role play or fantasy is to be meek and helpless. A funny video of a role play scenario is in Modern Family. Phil is to pick up Claire at a bar and his alter ego is Clive Bigsby. They end up running into Claire's dad at the restaurant and it just becomes a whole thing. I'm super impressed with how they stay focused and redirect their attention and stay in it for the whole episode. 
Once we can get our mindset to a place that we can allow ourselves to enjoy sex, now let's have great sex. I can promise that if you use the tools and can be honest with yourselves on what we truly want, we will be able to have all the kinky, enlightened, tantric, electric, wild, sensational sex our bodies desire. One last thing. The most important person that we can show up for and truly love is ourselves. We may not be in a place to freely break down our walls and barriers to give ourselves completely to our partner. Maybe we're working through some things. That is okay. But love yourself. Show yourself more grace. If you're feeling lonely or underappreciated this Valentine season, reach out to your girlfriends. If you are needing a little something extra right now, reach out to me. You are seen. You are loved. Thank you for listening to the Midlife Chaos. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. I sure would appreciate that. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. If you want to see what else we are up to, check out my Instagram at the Midlife Chaos or join our Facebook group, Midlife Chaos VIPs.